this is Tracy Watson and welcome to the Laughing Mother Project where we laugh at the days to come. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Have you got your cup of tea or coffee or your glass of wine? It's time to settle in and enjoy the first episode of this podcast. So I am obviously going to be introducing guest speakers in the episodes to come, but I feel that I need to introduce myself and let you get to know a little bit about Tracy Lee Watson. And in order to do so, I thought that it would be a really cool idea to get my daughter Grace, who's 17, to interview me. So I'm going to hand over to Grace and she's going to ask some questions. Okay, so mom, um, why are you doing these podcasts? Well, um, first of all, one of the most exciting things I've ever done in my life has been to become a mother. And I'm not saying that in a soppy way um, or because um, Hallmark cards say so. It really, genuinely, for me, has been the most exciting thing of my entire life. I wish I could have had a whole lot of children because I really felt that when I was pregnant, like I was carrying a miracle and co-laboring with heaven. And it was just um, such a cool way for me to experience the miraculous happening within me and something that I had no control over but just got to steward. And secondly, the reason why I wanted to do it is because I have found that my mothering has been unconventional and we'll elaborate on that. And there have been times that I have thought that maybe I'm not doing it well And I've also, because I've moved around, sometimes not necessarily had a network of friends going through a similar thing and sort of tried to navigate some things on my own. And I just want to provide a community or a a motherhood, like a neighborhood of mothers, um, online where we can just have fun conversations and people can feel less alone in their journey. That's awesome, Mom. So that basically means that any other Mama Travelers can also relate to what you talk about on the podcast. Um, anyway, on to question number three. What would you describe as a mother or a mother as being? Okay, I think that a mother is, is your first experience of unconditional love. And I think that a mother is the witness to your entire life. And I don't ever think you outgrow needing a mother actually. Um, I think that it's the first voice, the first safe place. And and I realize that there are people out there who are mothers who might actually feel like they don't feel that they experience that because they've been adopted or they've adopted a child out. And I think that that still is testimony of unconditional love. Um, because sometimes when people feel like they are unable to care for a child and um, they give their child to another mother who has a very long, deep, deep longing for a child, that is an, an expression of unconditional love at its highest. I think if anybody's ever been in a situation where their mother didn't really exemplify being unconditional love that's probably because their mother has walked through some brokenness or been offended or hurt or had something happen in their lives 
So um, I realize it's not everybody's experience, but I think God's intention is for us as mothers to be the safe place and the source of unconditional love. And even if we haven't had that, I think that the Holy Spirit is um, the closest example and is definitely a place for us and a, and a person for us to enjoy being mothered because he is the presence, the physical presence of a loving God. He's counselor, he's comforter. Yeah, that's what I think okay. it is. Um, also, earlier on, you gave us some background to our family and how we've moved around quite a bit. Would you like to give us an idea of when you became a mother, maybe how old you were and how long ago it was? Okay, so um, I, I, I actually was a very driven person and um, very career orientated. And obviously being married to a competitive sportsman, Doug was also, I think that both of us were like kind of like train lines and living these that we were married but like kind of parallel both very determined in where we were going and what we were doing and then I fell pregnant with you Grace when I was 27 and that was the most exciting thing for our marriage because for the first time both of us became very driven at creating a family together and I've loved parenting with dad because he's very much a team player and instead of um, deciding to do things um, separately or like it's your turn to do nappies no it's my turn to do bottles we've definitely tried to dovetail and play to each other's strengths so I'm more of a morning person whereas dad likes to be a night owl and um, yeah so uh that's Worked kind of how, yeah. That's how we that's how we parent, and um, and bouncing off that, what is your mothering philosophy? Um, I think that my mothering philosophy is that, um, you get given this little child, and sometimes we think that we it's our responsibility to mold them into who we think that they should be, but my mothering philosophy is that when you actually understand that this little human being has some of your DNA and some of your husband's DNA, but that they have a very unique calling from God, it is actually a journey of discovery. Every day learning the things that they love and they don't love and the things that are their little gifts and their talents and just actually working out how you can bring out the gold in them. That's, that's my mothering philosophy. Awesome. Okay, mom, next question is... Basically, just what are some things that you have done in raising Luke and I that make your mothering style different? Okay, so first of all, I've always loved writing. And I believe that mothering is the most prophetic thing any human being will ever do. Because you can actually talk over your children's scriptures and see them come to be. And I really have seen this happen because I kept a journal while I was pregnant with you and with Luke. And I just used to pray and I used to find lovely scriptures and then just actually pray those scriptures over you. And seriously, your personalities were even like that. I remember Grace was very, very busy and I loved that Grace was busy. She was full of laughter. She was brave. She was just, I mean, a bundle of joy. And I, th I don't think she slept for longer than half an hour in the day. Very sociable, very <laughs> smiley. 
And I just thought when I had a second baby, oh my gosh, I don't know whether I would be able to cope with two because um, Doug uh, used to play cricket and obviously on the weekend he was busy and I was trying to manage two children on my own. And I was like, oh, the second baby, I'm just going to pray that they're really peaceful. And Doug said to me, no, 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 you can't pray that. We love that Grace is full of energy. And I said, no, I'm just going to pray for a really peaceful child that second and Luke came along and what a beautiful peaceful lovely baby he was so I always used to say that Grace was my baby of joy and Luke was my baby of peace and you know I really would have loved to have had a third child and I felt very I fell pregnant very quickly with both Grace and Luke it was like we decided we were going to have a baby and two weeks later we, we fell pregnant. And uh, so I can totally relate with people who just say that their husband looks at them and they fall pregnant. That happened for me twice. But <laughs> I wanted to have a third child. And I really waited. And I never had that third child. And I understand um, the process of just really being desperate for a baby and trying all the tricks and things. Um, so keeping a journal... Secondly, uh, like I mentioned that Grace was very, very busy. Grace, you were busy. So I, I just felt that a second thing that a lot of people that were, were my age um, sort of didn't come to church because they used to say, oh, it's a season in my life, so I can't come to church because it's hard work bringing the children. And I just thought, no, actually, my children are part of a family of God. God the Godhead, the Trinity is a family. There's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we are going to church. And that's not, even if I hear none of the message, it's just part of our culture. It's a tradition to go to church. So um, for any of you out there listening, I know that what I've just said now might totally make you feel like that's a bit of a heavy on you, that you've got to get to church. And do I understand that you've got two children, four children, whatever, you know, I just believe that God's grace is sufficient for us. And I really believe that if there's anything that I can stress that you need to do is that as a mother, you need to be part of a community and you don't need to be all perfect. You actually just need to show up. And I think the difference is that, yes, you're probably not going to hear anything in the sermon. You're probably going to go. I didn't. I went there with two children and left and felt like I literally ran around after Grace and was trying to, she was being potty trained and I was trying to breastfeed Luke and it was just a mess. But I just decided, sorry, but that is part of my life. It's just like, I wouldn't say, oh, I've had children, so I'm not going to eat dinner anymore. No, dinner might look different. Church might look different, but I'm going because it's part of our culture. And it's part of what I really want my children to believe as part of their lives. That Sundays we go and God, we go to the house of God. And that, that's just part of it. I and guess though today there's also um, online streaming for at home. Yes, there is that. But um, I feel that there's a place for that during the week. And I also feel that the Lord gave me a scripture about in him I live and move and have my being. So therefore it's not holy to just go to church and unholy when I'm putting dishes in the dishwasher. All we of it is holy. It. We're living and we're moving and we're having Wherever our we being. Are. And sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's not. But if you want your child to go to church, 
then you have to go when it's tough. You can't be like, oh, yes, you know what, you're a teenager. So, you know, you don't really like getting up early in the morning. It's okay. You're going through a season. The Lord understands. Just get online one day of the week and, you know, have a little listen of a podcast. Mom, that sounds quite a bit like works and not grace. I know. But it's not really that. Uh, first of all, I am not a person that believes that you are more of a Christian because no, you've got. No, not at all. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm bouncing off your point. I'm saying no, you're not. You're not a works person. No, I'm not a works person, but I'm very much a family person. And um, so... Church is like your family. Yes, I am so allergic to anybody who thinks they're a better Christian because they've tithed and they've gone to all these services and because they said um, their prayers for an hour, therefore they're a better Christian. So you totally get if people feel it's easier to be at home, but it's just that decision to go and be with family. Yes, because I actually feel that it's, it's totally fine to be at home and to get the word of God in you. In fact, I think that's when you do need to get it in you. When your child's sleeping, or if you have to get up earlier than them, I mean, Grace, the ones, Grace used to, I used to get up and try and beat Grace up in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean like... (laughs) I meant I wanted to rise earlier than what Grace awaken (laughs) beat her downstairs no Um, get downstairs before her and you know wake up before her and I'd get down and just want to spend a bit of time with the Lord because I really felt like I needed him to with wisdom and just to feel like there was a bit of time out because Grace was extremely busy and extremely demanding of my attention and yeah this little baldy would (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we come down the stairs just some background information i didn't have hair till i was two years old yeah she'd come down says morning and i'd be like ha <laughs> and then one day i just said to her grace i'm making you milo uh it's a southern i don't know can you get milo no, i everywhere? think it's worldwide yeah, yeah. okay milo, milo or hot chocolate yes or whatever you call it and i said you are sitting down in front of this tv and this is me and Jesus time you are not to interrupt or otherwise you're going straight back up into your bed and you were so good you just sat there so that's actually when I do think you need to get your time in with the Lord is when you're on your own but it's just a case of like you want your family to be in a in a church in a church family that's all I'm saying and so that actually is difficult sometimes but don't let, let it, I'm, I'm actually not saying it that to put a heavy on you. I'm just saying that it's going to be so cool when you feel like people know you because they've seen you having your child throw up on you and you sitting next to another mother and, or, or whatever. You know, you just have these moments where you just feel like you're with family. You need it. You need it. And now, bouncing off what we spoke about with beating up earlier... Um, how do you do discipline? How, what do you believe with in terms of discipline? Okay, first of all, I do not believe in behavior modification. So I don't believe in just punishing a child or smacking them or sending them to time out. Although I do believe that it is biblical where it says, maybe I shouldn't go on to that, but basically in the Bible it does say, spare the rod and spoil the child. But I believe that each person can come to their own 
decision about how they want to discipline their child. Also or countries, because yes, some countries, countries have don't different legal uh, implications and that. Personally, I just believe that um, you need to train the heart. So um, I'm thinking back about the fact that um, when you were small, Grace, you went through a stage of biting your friends, okay? And so I just decided the one day I was so embarrassed because she, Grace literally sunk her teeth into this other cricket player's daughter who was going to be in a feature in a magazine the next day. <laughs> and sorry to embarrass you, Grace, but this was you. You Baldy. embarrassed me. <laughs> anyway. Who didn't sleep. Yeah. She was this beautiful, delightful child that was bald and she bit. No, but Sham, she was only um, 18 months old. So she didn't, she wasn't actually being, um, there wasn't anything malicious about it. I found out later when I went and discussed it with a pediatrician, it was that she was teething. But I know that I came home and I thought, I am never taking Grace out socially again because I mean, she's biting people. <laughs> Dracula, I can't take her. <laughs> And um, I had a lovely lady who worked for me. And she said to me, no, you have to take her. You actually have to go out. But you have to shadow her and you have to intercept when it seems like she's going to um, sink her teeth into somebody else. And you need to teach her and train her. And I just felt that that was so good because I don't believe that you discipline. I believe you... I believe you mold and nurture the heart. And so um, when you see something happening, there's also you listen to the Holy Spirit. Because I have actually um, given my children consequences when they've done things wrong. But for me, it's not really about the consequence. It's, it's more relational. It, it's more relational that I want to be like, hey. Do it right because you love us. We love you. Yes. And because you were born for better than that. And this isn't actually your true identity. This isn't who you are. You're not a liar. You're a truth keeper. You, you're not, I don't need to control you. You're born to be powerful. But if you're powerful, you have to be powerful and, and doing things that are making a difference out there, not breaking down. Yeah, just uh, That also is another thing that we've got a Watson code in our family. And I would encourage you guys out there to um, just establish some things that you as a family stand for. And then those are the things that you remind your children when they're going to the left or the right of the road. So for me, um, we and our family say, for you, I kill the bull. Um, it's a saying because we believe that Jesus took on the cross for us so how you love somebody is that you prefer them and you think oh this is what I'd like to do but because of you I'm going to choose to love you for you are killable secondly leave the place better than you found it we've moved around and I just try and say to um, my kids and I suggest this is a great thing for you to teach your kids the world isn't made for your kids you know your kids were made to make an impact on the world and so, um, preach. <laughs> yeah, it's that true. That sounded cool. <laughs> yeah, so it's true. I really believe that. So leave the place better than you found it. So ask your child, what did you do that made that place better when you left it? I mean, when you left your class, I'm actually a teacher as well. But like when you left the lesson, did you contribute something? Did you add value? Did you leave the place neat and tidy? Um, yeah, just basic things like that. And also, um, 
there's some other things that you I don't put like in. Selfishness. I hate selfishness. I hate selfishness. This one's more of a moral yeah, but that's stand. also for that's also for you. I kill the bull. Um, there's other things living that living from the inside, living out. from the inside out, not the outside in. So we when we moved to um, Namibia, it's a largely German and Afrikaans country and my children were the minority in the first school that they arrived in they were english speaking and the rest of the school was afrikaans and luke went to a rugby practice and the coach spoke afrikaans and he came home and he said i don't feel like playing rugby anymore mom because i don't understand what the coach was saying and i could have been one of those mothers that went and said oh sorry um you know luke is english speaking do you think you could say the instructions in english but i thought no sorry um Luke, this is an awesome opportunity for you to learn a different language. It's going to open doors for you to speak to different people. Maybe you should ask the person next to you what your coach is saying and adapt and live from the inside out, not the outside in. Not, don't let the outside affect your inside, your being, but rather be greater because greater is he that is within you than he that is in the world and make an impact from the inside out. Yeah, um, um, I, I also feel that like what's important is that your children should realize that sometimes they have to sacrifice. Like, Grace, you've had to sacrifice a lot of things by moving around. Um, mm. Maybe you can mention some of the things quickly that you've sacrificed. Um, well, we left South Africa. I went to a lovely school there and we left when I was in grade nine which is year 10 in New Zealand I'm not sure what it would be in different countries like America but basically it was my second year of high school and I had so many amazing friends and I felt like I was settled and we had family who lived around us and um, I also had a lot of goals for myself I wanted to become I really wanted to become a prefect or even head girl and I wanted to make a few sports teams and I wanted to play for South Africa um, netball and so when we moved, I was quite upset about that because I felt like I had to sacrifice all of those goals and being by family and also all the friendships that you have to, you don't have to sacrifice the friendships because you can still keep in contact, but you don't see those friends as much anymore, which is very hard. Yeah, so you've sacrificed in the sense that you haven't always had your granny and grandpa's close and your cousins and your animals you've had to give oh, up yes. and um, sometimes um, sporting things and um, so but um, God restores because well that's what I was going to say in the Bible say. it says yes. he turns all things to the good yes and he he knows how to give good gifts and we've certainly seen testimony of that we I mean in later episodes I'm sure when I discuss with other people there's so many stories where we cannot outgive God and we shouldn't be afraid of teaching our children that sometimes you give things up or you give things to Jesus and he gives back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Another thing that you've also always taught Luke and I in terms of moving is that you you have to actually let everything that you do be um, because God has called you to do it. Because when you do something out of your own strength, or because you want to go and do it and you want to go and get that thing, sometimes it can actually, um, you know, you can succeed at it, but you can go so much further when you're walking in what God has called you to do. 
And so you always, um, like when I was moving and I just didn't, I didn't want to accept it and I wanted to go home, you taught us that actually sometimes just submitting to God's will and saying, here I am, God, this might not be easy for me and being real with him is so much better than fighting the process and trying to have your way. Yes, that's so true. You know, you it's not, that. yeah, but it's not popular. It's not popular today because, and I get that as a mom, because you don't want your child to, you don't want your child to um, suffer. You don't want your child to miss mm. out on things. You want to give, it's, it's, it's natural, it's natural to want to give your child everything. everything. But I think that the best thing you can give them is a relationship with Jesus. So whenever, whenever, direct I, us to yeah, God. When I ever, I haven't known why or what i've just known that the safest thing to do is to tell you you need to ask god you need to take it to jesus and sometimes that's not the easiest things like sometimes thing to do sometimes when i come to you and i tell you how i feel and you say let's just take it to the lord i can get so frustrated because i'm like i just want practical results i just want to see the change now but actually when you do end up praying you actually get a peace for what's coming ahead and God actually gives you practical answers. Yes. You yeah. know, like even going back to having small children when I used to go to church, and that's why I'm saying, you know, it would have been so easy for me to just say, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to church anymore because this is a season. But um, I just said to God, okay, how, how must I do this, God? These are my two kids, and I don't know how to do this. And I saw the scripture that said, um, even the sparrow makes their nest at the altars of God. So I took you, Grace, right up to the front. And you were so difficult to manage at the back. But when I sat at the front? When you sat in the front where there was loud noise and there was a bad Social butterfly. Social butterfly came to life, loved it, worshipped, jumped up and down. and um, <laughs> Little baldy. <laughs> yes, you loved it. And you're worshipping today. You know, the other day I looked at you up on, you know, Grace leads worship and is on the worship teams in church and she's on stage, and I was just like, Jesus, you know, you gave me that scripture years ago. And that's why I'm not saying it to be legalistic when I say that you should go to church. I just feel that sometimes you need to press against the grain. And even the thing that you find difficult, that's where you find Jesus, and that's where you find the miracle in it, you know? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, mm. So earlier on, we spoke about how you discipline, Luke and I. And now we're going from how you would how do you comfort us and how other people can maybe try and implement it as well? Okay, this is an area that I got wrong as a mother when I was, when um, you were very small, Grace. You know, we used to go to cricket and dad would be playing cricket. And, um, you know, that's the thing, hey, some of you out there might be like, oh, Tracy, you've got all these spiritual answers. Actually, I've made a lot of stuff up so long as well. But, um, I just want to say there's so much grace. Jesus has so much grace for us. And so what I, where I got it wrong, I think, is that when Grace was born, I used to sing over the song, Stand up, stand up for the champion, for the champion, stand up. And I loved thinking that this little one was such a champion. She was so brave and so fearless and so full of joy. And, you know, but when we went overseas... Luke was newborn, like I'm talking breastfeeding, and Grace was two, and you know, two, you potty training, and I had no family, and I was going to go to cricket. 
and um, I'd go to cricket and I had this double pram, but Grace refused to be in the pram. She Social wanted to be, yeah, she yeah. wanted to walk next to me. She didn't want to wear shoes. They used to call her Zola Bud. Um, and she just used to love running. She never walked. In fact, she went from crawling to running when she was small. And so she just used to run around. And um, I used to say this to her. If she fell, I used to say, toughen up, Grace. Toughen up, Grace. Every time she fell or she hurt herself, I'd be like, toughen up, toughen up. And I think that that was wrong, actually, because, um, you know, she was still small. But I, I just didn't have, like, I had one set of hands and I had a newborn. It's like when a baby falls and before they can cry, you go, oh, my word, you're so brave. You're not even crying. Come on, let's dust your knees. Well, you, that's very gracious want... of you trying to bail me out here, but it's actually not right. <laughs> I didn't comfort you, okay? It was easier to just say, toughen up, drink concrete, keep moving, keep going, you know? <laughs> And I don't. I, I think that I've done that to you sometimes. Will you forgive me, my darling? <laughs> I need a so-so. I'm just joking. No. Um, but I think that part of the Holy Spirit is comforting. And he has lots of children and he's always got space on his lap. Mm -hmm. And he can just stop everything and comfort you. And I think that it's important for mothers to take the time to be comforted. There's times when you're tired and you just feel like crying and you feel moody and you don't even know why. And you can't pour from an empty cup either. So you, you can't pour from an empty cup. You need to be filled before you can fill others. Exactly. And you, that's what I was going to say, is I was going to say that, you know, um, I think I was like that with you because I'm like that with myself. I think it's typically South African to be like, get some grit. You've got it. And grit. just get some grit and keep going. But you miss out on the comforter part mm. of the Holy Spirit. So I just want to say that be a great comforter as a mother. And that doesn't mean that you make excuses for bad behavior or that you make soft children. But there are times when we just need to, soft, to, to be comforted ourselves and we need to comfort our children. The last question before we pray is what would you like to achieve? So what I would like to achieve as a mother is that I would just like to teach my children not about the fact that they need to be Christians because it's the right thing to do. Instead, I want them to really, really, really know God. In fact, I'm thankful for the fact that we've moved around. We have sacrificed not having family members around and lots of things. But it has meant that God has had to be the father. God has had to be it all to us, you know. And so I think what I really just want to achieve is that you and Luke actually understand that Jesus is the great adventurer. I, want, I don't want you to just think that Jesus is meek and mild sitting there, you know, with a halo and now he's sitting <laughs> up in heaven. I want you to know that he loves adventure that he wants you to heal the sick raise the dead liberate the captives that he's free and wild and he's untamed and i want you to know that jesus and i want you to know that no one will ever love you like jesus does and i actually want you to see life with him as like an adventure and then i i, I know that there's christians out there that say oh the holy spirit's weird he is so weird and um 
you know, I want both of you to encounter the Holy Spirit, that you encounter that He is powerful and cool and amazing. I mean, if you haven't experienced the Holy Spirit, then you you actually living you live in Christianity on the Diet Coke version, not on the full power of like what the Holy Spirit is actually. I, I want you to to be, be to have experienced what it is to be intoxicated on the wine of the Holy Spirit. And I know that's pretty scary to say that to people out there, but um, it, it's true. It's true. You actually need to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to have experienced that God is your Father. I want you to know that you're a beloved child of God and that God's intention is that you inherit the kingdom that there's my favorite scripture at the moment, which says that all creation is yearning and groaning in anticipation of the revealing of the sons of God, which means that I don't want you to just be good Christians that never swear, never sleep around, don't take drugs. And obviously, I don't want you indulging in all of those things, but it's not that I want to parent you to be safe. I actually want to parent you to be powerful world changers. I want you guys one day to be Christians that actually, like, when you walk past your shadows, heal people. Because that's how, how real I want you to experience God. Um, so I want you to fully understand that you are part of the family of God. Wherever you live, it's not geographic. And, um, yeah, that just that life is exciting because you love God and because you love Jesus. And just a bonus question, what, how would you describe your mothering style in one word? My mothering style? In one word. Like one word. Wild. I love it. Okay. Now before... Sorry, can I explain it? Oh, yes. I say wild because I look at the animals in the wild. And I think that as humans, we love to get a book out and get this to-do list but actually when you look at nature it's wild and free i don't mean wild like as in unruly and no i just mean wild as in like look at nature look at how nature is learn from birds learn from lionesses learn from like just how nature functions there's time for rest there's time for freedom there's time for faith for hard work for hard work there, yeah there's t- just like for everything there's a time yes free and then lastly do you want to pray for any mamas out there yeah let's pray Father God, I just thank you that you're a good father. I thank you that we are part of a family, that we're not just out there trying to look hip and cool and we've got it together with the latest accessories. But Father God, you want us to leave a legacy and to do things well. You are entrusting your children of the future to us and you know that we we're going to get things wrong and we're going to get things right but that your grace is sufficient and for every mother out there i just pray lord that you would just encounter them that you just hold their hands right now and remind them that you chose them specifically for the children that you've entrusted them to mother Father God, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would just anoint them, that you'd clothe them in strength and dignity, that you'd wipe away any lies that they've believed about themselves. 
and that Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you'd take them on this great adventure and that you would, the things that you would want to reveal to them, that you'd make it an adventure for them to seek out your answers on the things that they're struggling with and that they would really laugh at the days to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.